at you when it's recording. You don't need to. It is going. Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the internet's only podcast that chronicles Fearless Records Punk Goes series to answer the age-old question, hell yeah or yeah nah. But today we'll not be doing that. No, No. fuck. I told told a lie. I told you. Told told a lie. Fuck my life. What a... To whom the bell tells. (laughs) (laughs) This is a very relaxed fit episode. Yes. We're on the couch, uh, all three of us, you can hear. We welcome back friend of the pod, Richard S.E. Yay! I'm back. It's been a hot minute, but you're back. It's been way too long, actually. I don't even remember, like, what I was doing, who I was the last time, what we were talking about. Oh, it's... This year has just been... (laughs) So that's why we're not... Well, that's not why, but we're not talking about... Uh, specifically a Punk Goes song. No. I guess we're talking about, in in the sense of albums, like about, I don't know, 60 songs. But yeah, this this week, uh, this was a good year for music, so to end this year, we are talking about our favourite music of the year. Yeah, 2021 in review. Yeah. Before we yeah. fuck it off completely into the void and never talk about it. Again. This could be the one that ruins all of our friendships, so... <laughs> it really could. It could It could go either way. I'd like yeah. to think that at least I'm in a vulnerable enough place that I would not let that stand. I, <laughs> like, I'd like to think that you'd feel sorry for me before you'd get mad at me, but um, <laughs> just... Yeah. We'll try to do neither. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want your pity no. nor your fury. No. Um, I am just a person. I... Yeah. Cool. Well, shall we kick it off? Kick kick it off? Kick it in? Well, how are we before that? Good. We survived Christmas. We We did. We did. We got through. So far. So far. Well, Christmas is over. Well, that's true. I keep having to remind myself Christmas is over. I know. You don't have to do anything. A blip on the radar. For another year. I saw a joke today on Twitter that um, the period between Christmas and New Year's is called the taint. It does feel like it. I saw, like, one of those classic, like, I imagine they love LinkedIn. One of those people who was like, oh, that period between Christmas and New Year is, like, the only time in the year where you should just let yourself rest. It's like, fuck off, man. Like, I'm not here to just better myself every day. I'm here to just vibe and survive to the next year. Like, just leave me alone. So... Broden Kelly of Auntie Donna fame yes. posted a picture on his Instagram. And I don't know if this was an old picture or if this literally happened on, I think it was Boxing Day, he mm-hmm. put the picture up, of him standing in front of a whole mess of hot cross buns. So they're yeah. already getting ready for you Easter. You missed them in Coles today when we went to... Oh, shit, did I? Yeah, it's it's hot cross season. I, I was well. more just terrified that we're in a shopping centre and I, I just know. wanted to get the fuck out of there. Yeah, double masked and... It's like, just, let's just split so we can get this done quicker. Split. See, that's really funny because I didn't actually pick up on your, like, I knew that you were stressed, but I didn't realise it was because of that. Yeah, I hated it. So I apologise because I was drawing it out longer than I needed to. Oh, I see. (laughs) (laughs) We almost had it out over cheese, so... That is true, but we didn't. But if that's what what you're going to argue about, then, like, you've got it pretty good, I guess. 
because we are Gouda together. Uh, hey! Uh, Richard, how are you? How was the festive season? How are you feeling about... You've like, been seeing... You've just been going to the movies like a mad person at the moment. Making I'm good. For it. I've been seeing a lot of movies. How many features did I see this month? Like... Probably like 15, maybe more. Sick. Wow. Yeah. Make yeah. up mostly, lost time. Yeah. Mostly good. Yeah. Mostly not bad. I don't remember. Is part remember. of it like outweighed by the fact that you're just in the theatre again? Or has that novelty already sort of become normal again? Um, It's pretty much become normal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like kind of studying up because I'm writing two screenplays, well sequentially, not really at once about various things, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, just looking to my own inspiration and, um, somewhat getting it from new release films, but I really nice. need to, like, dig back and dig a bit deeper, you Yeah. Know? Mm. Amazing. Yeah. But I saw Licorice Pizza last night, and that was sublime, so highly recommended. Nice. Better than the idea of actual licorice on a pizza. Yeah, I was about to Absolutely. say, compared with the title... It sounds a lot better than the concept of that. I remember my dad had a licorice tea, and it just made mm. everything in the pantry. It just made the whole pantry smell like licorice. Licorice is the mothballs of food. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah, which you're um, discovering. <laughs> it gives you a real visceral reaction. Mm. Aye, aye. We have moths in this house. Oh, no. It's, it's okay. I feel mm. like we might have accidentally transported them from Tongue Street, but I feel like Footscray, just the inner west, just has moths. Just has moths. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we bought a packet of mothballs and we were both immediately transported back to, like, our grandparents' places. Yep. We don't have, we don't have uh, violent gangs. We have moths. Yeah. <laughs> Here in Footscray. Because it, it's just such an enlightening place to be. Yeah. Gang of moths. Yeah. Good band name. Yeah. <laughs> Free to a good home. But anywho, so as Sam mentioned at the top of the episode, this sorry, murder of moths, and then it would be shortened to mum. Ah, mom. Well, how Americans? Mom. How Americans for some reason spell it M O M. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sorry. That's okay. As Sam mentioned at the top of the episode, we are going to each outline our top three albums of the year. Um. I think Sam and Richard found this a lot easier than I did because you both actually listened to new music this year, whereas I sort of used all the music I listened to as a teen as like a crunch, crutch, crux, a crutch, like a or like a yeah, like yeah. a coping mechanism. Um, but then again, I listen to it all the time, regardless of how I'm feeling. <laughs> Have you ever considered either of you starting a last FM page? Oh. No. I, I don't think... I feel like that would be too confronting. Like, the metrics alone mm. would just send me into yeah, yeah. orbit. It's. I, it gets impressive, you know, if you listen to... If you scrabble anything, like, up to 2,000 or whatever, so... Okay. Yeah. But also, you've got to own your bad taste sometimes, mm. you know? Uh, and I say that about me. Look, I fully own my bad taste, as we will discover in this episode. But, um... Yeah, it... I don't know... There's something about it. I feel like I would just get too bogged down in the results of it and just reconsider my life choices. <laughs> That's I all know. I do. Look. At least on that website. <laughs> yeah. I'm honestly surprised it's still going, to be honest. Like yeah. I joined in 2004. Holy so that's shit. pretty much when it started. My only regret is um, not having an implant, you know, from birth. Yeah. That scrubbles everything, so... That would be sick. Yeah. Like, just having a stats thing. Just to 
Just to more easily map how you got from like stuff your parents listened to to yeah. stuff you listened to by yourself for the first time to like where you are now. Hmm. I don't know. I always try and like draw the link between like, oh yeah, like dad listened to, I don't know, Dire Straits and Elton John and then, mm. and like how does that translate to where I got to? Hmm. I think, I think I just tried as desperately as I could to not listen to what they listened to. <laughs> so, <laughs> somewhat. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Well, there we go. So, yeah. kicking it off. Yeah. Just, I'm going straight in with shit that you wouldn't like. Love it. Do it. Spectral Wounds, Diabolical Thirst. Spectral Wound is a, I believe, one-man French-Canadian black metal act. Okay. And I find it funny that in a year where we have both a Mayhem EP and a Dark Throne album, the best pure black metal came from a French-Canadian and a Belgian-born American immigrant uh, female in the group, in the one-woman group, Holder, Mm. which is also fantastic. Really close... But this was just sort of went over the edge a little bit more for me. This was like peak kind of like old school black metal, mm. like very sort of like like emperor inspired. I felt okay. Yeah, it's the kind of black metal where the drums, like you, can, firstly you can actually hear them and make them out, yeah. and secondly they kind of groove. They have a little bit of that punky energy, yeah. Um, which yeah throws back to like mayhem and the second wave in the nineties. Um, hopefully without all the controversy. I believe there is, <laughs> yeah. I believe they are not controversial. Yes. I, I have a spectral wound shirt. Nice. So I, um, for this album, so I... Yeah. <laughs> fully... So you did your homework before yeah, you bought it? <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of did my homework. My homework is, um, by like watching a reviewer and like he, he taught, like he won't promote like... Yeah, fascist mm. music. Good. Yeah. He's um and when we when we spoke to Sam Sutherland, he mm-hmm. said that he went to school with him because oh, he's Canadian oh. as well. Okay. So yeah. so um yeah, Blaine Smith. Yeah. So like, on Banger TV, whenever like if I if he reviews a band and likes it, it's like okay, well obviously they're not assholes, nice. or at least they're not like 
there at least there's like enough to sort of I don't know get around. They've got a cl- relatively clean. That's a very loaded word, but like a clean record, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like there might be some controversy, but it's not like hey, we were caught at a right wing militia or like a national socialist. Yeah, yeah. Like fucking music festival or something. Yeah, like they have in Germany. True. Yeah, would you would you say this was your favourite black metal album of like the last few years as well, or just this year? I'm trying to think of like what has come out in the last couple of years that have really that's really sort of excited me in terms of black metal. Mm. Um, like, there's been a lot that's actually came out this year. Like, Wode from England again, like not from Norway. Yep. as well, put out a really good um, sort of like melodic black metal album. I yep. guess you'd call it. Um, but probably. Probably would be one of my favourite black oh. metal records of the last couple of years. Like that with like maybe Thrice Woven by yep. Wolves in the Throne Room. Oh. That sort of thing. Because yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this album. Um, I feel like it's rare that you hear like that kind of old school black metal these days done that well. Yep. Like my only critique is it's not really original yep. in any way, but otherwise, you know, it's pretty slamming. It's what I needed. Yeah. But like, it's also got good production behind it so True. like you can hear everything as you said you can hear the drums yes and that's like some of the best drummers are black metal drummers why can't yes. we hear you yeah good but not too polished yes yeah as opposed to good bad production yeah which definitely is a thing mm. and like bad bad production but there's a thin line sometimes yeah you know yeah no and i just um i think because of its runtime as well i can listen to it plenty of times so hmm. yeah that's all i've got did, did it quench your diabolic thirst oh it did <laughs> good but it made me want more as per usual i was a couple of steps behind on everything this year and especially on this project of listening to everyone's stuff ahead of this episode um but yeah i got the highlights off this album I think because I lack the sort of broad knowledge of, like, metal and, like, the sum parts of, like, what constitutes metal as a genre and then all the subgenres that you and Richard have, Sam, um, like, I find it hard to sort of go, oh, yeah, I like this because of this. Yeah. But in saying that, I think you've always been very good at, like, filtering through stuff to show me if that makes like if we're in the mm. car you'll put on something and be like I think you'd enjoy this and you're generally like more or less bang on mm. and mm. so I think this falls into that territory of like this is definitely left of field for me I don't know if I could do an extended period of listening to this yep. and I think that's just because and like I'll touch on this a bit later but like I've realised that for me personally there's not enough to sort of hang on to and sort of like follow along with with metal like it just sort of gets all mishmashed and it just stresses me out more yeah, than anything um but yeah it was good i think from a, bleh, from an outsider's perspective i can appreciate this for being good without quite knowing why if yeah. that makes mm. sense totally and sometimes it doesn't need an explanation sometimes That's, you can just exactly. enjoy yeah how about we talk about something you do know about? Sure. So, for me, my third 
rated album of probably about three new albums that I listened to this year, so we're playing fast and loose with this one. Um, so it would be Olivia Rodrigo Sour. Someone tells me one more time, enjoy your youth, I'm gonna cry, and I don't stick up for myself. I'm anxious and nothing can help, and I wish I'd done this before, and I wish people liked me more. All I did was try my best. I feel like no one wants me And I hate the way I'm perceived I only have two real friends And lately I'm a nervous wreck Cause I love people I don't like And I hate every song I write And I'm not cool and I'm not smart And I can't even parallel park <laughs> you probably got me onto Olivia mm. in terms of driver's license and that was just huge when it came out yeah and I remember just on the premise alone I was like I'm probably not going to enjoy this because it sounds like mm. very sort of TikTok sensation like mm. that kind of thing but there's something like I have a real affection for this album because it's the kind of album I would have loved totally I, as a tween yeah like yeah it's to me, this is sort of like the 2021 equivalent of like Let Go by Avril Lavigne or something mm. like that in terms of, sure, it's a little bit sort of elevated from what Avril was singing about in the 2000s, I yeah. suppose. Um, like this does feel a little bit more mature and like thematic content, that sort of thing, but it does have that sort of... There is an innocence to it, I suppose, and there's also just that phenomenon of like... Here is a young girl singing about her feelings, and it's great. Like, this is the kind of music that I was probably lacking in, like, my teens, because I mm. turned my attention to dudes. Drugs. <laughs> ha ha. I turned my attention to dudes who were singing about the same thing, but from an aggressive male perspective, yeah. as opposed to, like, a vulnerable, but also, like, very, like at times sarcastic, at times, like, cheeky, like, very sort of empowered, like, young female voice. Like, this is the kind of music that, I don't know, if I had... Well, I guess, like, yeah, I was going to say, if I had, like, a bunch of nieces to recommend it to, like, we, mm. I have one niece to recommend it to, but yeah. we haven't really had that. So what music do you listen to? Because the last time I did that, she was like, I don't like Britney Spears. Uh, funnily enough, I think one of... Her favourite albums yes. is, is one of Richard's favourite exactly. albums. Exactly. Mm. So. so we can touch on that yeah. later. But um, right, I don't think you need to recommend it to anyone because they'll come across it. And that's exactly know, it. it. Mm. But yeah, I've always had this idea of like, probably because I'm not having kids myself, I've always wanted to take 
like a niece or a nephew under my wing and make them like super fucking cool even though that's not what you do with kids mm. you just have to let them come to it on their own but I don't know we might have a chance with my youngest ooh Cause, cause... that kid is just chaos though <laughs> but he's he's his dad is the reason why oh, I got in like, the reason why I listened to Pantera oh, that's the reason hilarious. why I ever listened to Pantera or Slayer or Metallica oh man and like there's you know, hope Blink yet. 182 he's the reason why I ever Holy listened shit. to any of that alright we'll have to get him vans for his birthday I think and yeah? then we'll just sort of take yeah. it from there alright but yeah I think like I'm sure he'd be fine with that as well his dad that is yes yeah but um yeah like Olivia she's just She's cool and she still sort of comes across as young to me. Like, mm. she doesn't sort of have that air of, like, being too grown up for who she is. Totally. Um, I guess it helps in, like, a sort of weird way that she's, like, a Disney ingenue because they probably are trying to hang on to that a bit, but it's not this, like... It feels very real. Like, yeah. she feels genuine to me and not sort of like Hannah montana Like, mm. it's not sanitised... But there is still, like, a youthfulness to her that I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because she is, what, 17? No, she's 18 now. 18. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It was was very cathartic listening to it, especially for, like, the first couple of times and just being like, yeah, like, I remember having these very capital big feelings. Capital B big feelings, I should say. And, yeah, without any of the bullshit of, like... I don't even know what. It's just... It's, yeah. It's it's the kind of album that really should have existed, like, 20 years ago. Yes. You go back and look at, like, someone like Michelle Branch or whatever, and yeah. it's like, why weren't you in a position to do this? And a lot of it is to do with, like, major labels and the way um, artists got scouted and just yeah. how pop singers weren't really valued as songwriters. True. Until... I mean, I want to say until Taylor Swift, to an extent, honestly. Like, yeah. That's giving her a lot of credit, but it's also pretty much true. Like, that's yeah. her impact. You know, putting the idea of songwriting back into a, a pop context, at yeah. least. You know? Um, I think... I really do love this album. Yeah. I think I'm maybe a bit picky about it because it's not... It's not overexposed, but because, like... Yeah. This era has lasted a while, and she's made it happen with, like... A total of nine songs. Yeah. Like, period. Mm. Um, so they've been, like, rotated a lot. She had, like, the Sour Prom uh, That's right. concert film thing, which was good. It was, like, her restaging of, um, yeah, just a classic, like, uh, US high school prom, but yeah. with her singing and stuff. And it was good, but not, like, amazing. Yeah. Kind of interesting as well, because she she very much probably didn't have a prom because of the pandemic as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, well, this like, is like my fucked up version of a prom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was going to say, yeah, the difference between her and Taylor Swift to me mm-hmm. is that Taylor's always been like um, a storyteller in the country sense. Yes. So even when Taylor was like 16, 17, seeing about quite similar themes... Um, sometimes, like, it'd be a bit more detached or, like... Yeah. She could yeah. step outside herself a bit better, whereas Olivia writes from a bit more of an emo perspective. Absolutely. So it's still very, like, I'm the one who's wronged... Yes. ...in this relationship kind of thing. And as you said, that's authentic for who she is now. Yeah. I'm just sort of waiting for her to be able to step outside herself a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point because... 
she like we're absolutely going to witness that in real time because she and yeah again that's why it comes across as so genuine it's because she's writing for who she is now and then in a few years time it will be interesting to see how she runs with this image and like how she runs Mm. with the attention that she's generated because I guess that's part of why I found it hard to pinpoint is because like I think this album is great, but also I'm very much aware that, like, mm. there is a whole generation of, like, Zoomers who they they probably engage with the album a bit differently than I do. More like, intensely, yeah. 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 And it's also just that very, like, it's not lost on me that, like, Driver's License was, like, fucking huge. Mm. And so that always sort of to me, changes the way I personally will receive a song because it's like, multiply this experience by, like, a bazillion people. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. There's just, it's kind of a marvel, but also, like, it's hard to not feel somewhat detached from it. Yeah, like, if we went and saw her live, hypothetically, yeah. we would not be, like, in amongst it. No. Way. Like, we could, but, like, and even if we were, like, you know, super passionate about the music. Which, yeah. I mean, we are to an extent. Yeah. But we're not going to be, like, shoving kids aside <laughs> to get in the mosh. You know? Speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah. But no. And that, again, that's the thing is, like, I think this sort of makes me feel a real affection for, like, my younger self listening to it. Yeah. But then at the end of the day, I have to remember that I'm a 30-year-old listening to yeah. a 17-year-old's debut. Hmm. And that is just a bit jarring and weird, I suppose. Um, but that's what Punkers Pot is all about, baby. Exactly. <laughs> it's like just perpetual adolescence, which is just yeah. my brain. So yep. It, yep. it talks to me. It's great. Really yeah. in the glory days. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of Sour? I liked it. I The only song that I heard before this was, because I hadn't even heard Driver's License. Yep. I was the one person in the world who had <laughs> But I had, I'd listened to, I'd heard Good For You. Yes. Mm. And I expected the whole album to basically be her, her reclaiming the crown of pop punk. And yeah. it's not that. Well, that song also came out of nowhere. We didn't yeah. know she was going to drop a pop punk song yeah. before that. Yeah. A so. pop punk song that is basically misery business. So I guess it's and arguable. In, and like unintentionally so, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Not in, not in terms of like tone or anything, but like... It sounds like misery yeah. business. Well, it's the course. same Somewhat. as... Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole different argument to be... Or not argument, but, like, discussion to be had on this. Because, like... Yeah. Because didn't... Paramore slash Haley ultimately did end up getting credit I, for it I think they did. It's probably their publishers, like, songwriting publishers, yeah. reaching out about that. Who it, knows? It felt a bit icky when yeah, I read but... that. I was like, oh, that fucking sucks. But also... Hmm. <sighs> I feel like at some point we are going to reach, like... A critical mass of music where it's like a lot of things are going to sound like a lot of things, yeah, unintentionally because there's only so many ways you can like arrange. They, they do already, yeah. It's just it depends on how close a lens you're looking at it. True, through, you know, yeah. yeah. But even like brutal, like the opening track, yeah, which I've asked Cam kindly to put a sample in. That reminds me of. <laughs> is it ah oh, Voodoo Child? It reminds me of Voodoo Child by the Rogue Traders, which is like a deep Australian cut, but that but, was sampling... Yeah. It was Jimi Hendrix, was it? That no, it's um, Elvis Costello's Pump It Up. Yes. Yeah. 
The like, Rogue Trader song is a direct sample. Uh, Brutal is not. Yes. Yeah. But that's the thing is like I feel like it interpolates it a bit unintentionally. And yeah. so again, like lots of things are just beginning to sound like other things because yeah. that's can... what experience does to a person is yeah. you sort of pick and choose bits and pieces, you file them away and then pull them out without realising. Yeah. It can only go so far and then you get people throwing like a box of nails at a wall and going, well, that's music. And that's it when can you, be. That's when you, well, that's when you get like, what is it called? Like extreme noise or something where like... People just do stuff like that. They'll just like, like harsh noise and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. like they do full concerts of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Or they do the opposite, which is like electroacoustic music, which is like all contact mics turn the volume on the mic is turned up super high, but like um, in order to capture all the ambient sounds, so it's like you'll be like walking around on stage and it'll be like the loudest thing you've ever heard. <laughs> That kind of stuff. I'm just all the mouth sounds you would pick up yeah. would just be so upsetting. Yeah. Just misophonia yeah. for, like, two hours. <laughs> I also just want to put a note out, like, I'm fucking pissed off at how Courtney Love handled the uh, whole yeah. cover art thing with this, because Olivia's got the whole, like... Crying at your prom yes, thing. Imagery. Which Courtney Love didn't invent. No. She was following in the Carrie. footsteps. Well, of that movie. Yeah. But also, um, uh, what's her name from Babes in Toyland? Oh, so, um... Hannah someone? No. No, that's I'm thinking um, of Bikini Kill. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. Like, it's yeah. just... <sighs> fucking... Courtney just does my head in. Yeah. Like, I don't find her lovable so much as I just find her really hard to, like, just... She, she's the Azalea Banks of her generation. Oh, good point. Except she's... I, I think she's more often right than wrong, whereas Azalea's an exact 50-50. True. Yeah, because, like... Remember, remember when Azalea Banks... Put out her list of heroes, and yeah. it was like, su- like there was like seventy people on them. Like people like Trump were on that, <laughs> but also like I don't know, probably Martin Luther King Jr. was on there. Putin was on there. Putin was on yeah. there. Like it was a weird list, and she's also put out some pretty like some pretty bad like mm, homophobic slurs, yeah, like towards Harry Styles and that sort of thing. So, but yeah, I think like. Part of the optics of this album for me was just that idea of, like, we really need to fucking stop gatekeeping, like, yes. teen culture. Like, every teenager goes through a phase where they pick up an eyeliner pen and go, oh, this actually looks really edgy, and that's a good thing. Like, hmm. it just, yeah. Anyway, that is that is my book report on Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a real honest place of, like, looking at heartache. Mm. from a 17-year-old's perspective mm. as well. Because it's like, it feels like it's the end of the world because that's what it feels like when it's your first Well, that's the thing. is love. because you've had such a limited experience of life at that point. Like, yeah. every first love, first heartbreak, or, like, all of those firsts feel monumental. Yeah. Because mm. they are. But then the more you, like... It, and I think, like, I just... I found that quite touching because I'm just like, oh, shit, I remember being that person. I just didn't have the talent to back up. <laughs> well, it would be interesting as well if the next album isn't so much about that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Who what? can say? Yeah. Well, that was we'll... a very ominous noise that came mm-hmm. out of me. Mm-hmm. 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 I don't know. Won't take the lot to get you going. I'm sorry if it's torture though. I know, I know. It might be more of an obsession. It really makes
make a strong impression Nobody saw me in the lobby Nobody saw me Speaking of another teenager, or yes. no longer, my number three is Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Which is her second album. Um, the lead up to this album was very long and convoluted. Yep. Because her debut, When We All Fall Asleep, was um, so hyped and yeah. like so much came with it. Like the Coachella show, um, a documentary, all these things. Like she was like even more famous and much more of a lightning rod than Olivia Rodrigo oh, absolutely. is for many reasons. Um, but yeah, it was a long uh, pre-album cycle because she dropped quite a few songs in between albums. Yes. Some of which do appear on this and some don't. Yep. Um, pretty much all of which I think are great. But um, I think this album came out in July and I'm still really fascinated by it. I think it's one of the like more complex things ever created by like anyone of her age okay. because it's what 16 tracks and um it's it's almost like a series of self-portraits like it's her looking at herself like in the mirror but also through the eyes of others through the internet through um previous lovers all these different perspectives um all backed up by her brother phineas's production which is just like more detailed than ever yeah um and you have this real variety of songs. You have, like, straight-up ballads, like a song called Your Power, which is this gorgeous acoustic ballad um, about, well, t- telling all the people to be responsible and, like, not abuse people, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Which is, like, I've never heard that sentiment put into a song quite the way she does. Yeah. Um, but also you have, yeah, like, straight-up love songs, um, songs that are more, like, seductive, but done over, like, bossa nova guitar. Um, It's almost like every few, like, every three or four songs, like, she finds a different way to, like, contradict herself. Or put up a soft song against, like, a a really dark synthwave song. And so I just find that really fascinating. Because there's, like, there seems to be so much going on in her, her head and in her world, but it's not one of those, like, woe is me like, fame kind of albums either. Yeah. There's just, like, a lot to chew on. So, yeah, it's been sitting with me, like, all year, and I'm, yeah, have grown to love it, like, even more. I'm very annoyed that I've slept on this album because, again, I think just the Billy hype train, I was like, yep, that's cool, I'm just going to get off for a while and chill. Like, yeah, like, Therefore I Am came out, I love that as a single, it was so good, the music video just... I love it. Fantastic, yeah. Just very charming. The way that's it's... that's her just like running through an empty mall, basically during COVID and like seeing to the camera. Yeah, yeah, so good. But like, I do want to sit with this album and give it a proper listen. 
and see how I go with it. Because I did genuinely genuinely enjoy when we all fall asleep. Mm, um, same, yeah. But again, it was just very hard to sort of remove Billy the phenomenon from Billy the artist, I suppose, at the time. Yeah. But yeah, you can definitely see like a couple of years on from that. She's had to grow up very quickly, mentally, I suppose. Mm. Which again is sort of the case with lots of young stars, I suppose. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, especially Billy, because she had a lot of really fucked up people sexualizing her on the internet mm. and... And Drake. Yeah. But like... I do appreciate, like how you were saying about your power, mm. like, she does have a very nuanced view on just, like, sexuality as a young woman, and, like, I enjoyed, for instance, the closing track, Male Fantasy. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, it's just, like you said, I, I for one, certainly wasn't this mature about anything mm. at her age, never mind talking about just the way I view myself and, like, the way I view myself as, like, a woman in the world and blah, blah, blah. Like, it's pretty incredible. Um, And I do like that she keeps all of those sort of contradictory things in. Like, it's very stream of consciousness, but that's part of what makes it so good is there's no sort of attempt to be consistent because when you're growing up, and especially from that shift to, like, late teens into adulthood, like, that's where you do say and do a lot of things that you probably don't agree with further down the line, mm. but it's all part of the process of, like, figuring yourself out. Yeah. And we're very lucky to have the experience of listening to that in real time, I suppose. Totally. It, um, it reminds me weirdly a lot of Silverchair's Neon Ballroom. Maybe ah! just because I've been listening to that a lot. Yeah. But that's an album where Daniel Johns was also 19 and also had been through a lot of shit oh, God, previously. Yeah. And in that album, there's, like, a lot of, like, really beautiful melodic passages, but, like, every song has a section where it'll be just, like, punched in the face by, like, this violent bit of distortion. Yeah. And so that's... Reminds me of Billy as well. Yeah. You know? She's, like, always subversive, even when she's being really quiet. Yeah. Hmm. I think, like, I count myself in this. Like, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, the one who, like, sings really low register and that, but, like, and sort of mumbles a lot... But, like, as someone who does really engage with, like, lyrics and, like, lyrical content of artists' work, I do just want to sit with it and read through the line notes, read through Mm. the lyrics, and just, yeah, properly immerse myself in it, because there's a lot of gold in this, Mm. I suppose. Sam? I'm up and down on it. Yeah. Because I, I didn't go through with it lyrically. Like, from what I picked up, um, like, you know, I like her messages of, like, it's not my fault if you fucking sexualize me. Yeah. Mm. It's not my yeah. fault if you are mad at the way that I look. Like, that's yeah. Sort of stuff. Like, that's that's some really important shit that young girls need to hear. Like, yeah. hey, it's not, it's not, it's not my fault that you look at me in a certain way. Um, I think NDA was probably my favorite mm. song on the album. Um, but like when I'm not taking in the lyrics, to me, it was just a girl kind of mumbling through. Yeah. A lot. There was like, 
this needed to be scraped off the floor sometimes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that low registered. Like, it just... It... It didn't have that energy that I kind of needed, and I don't know how long she could continue going like that before this sort of trend dies out, and what she would do afterwards mm. is my thing. But, as I said, I'm back and, like, up and down on it. Certainly there were bits that I liked, certainly there were bits that I didn't like. Yeah. I recommend the um, the Disney Plus special she did in that case, oh, because yeah. that's her live at the Hollywood Bowl. I think, in mm. LA, um, with no audience, but it's shot really beautifully, like cameras, um, generally very close to the stage, all these different um, ways of staging your songs, but also with an orchestra at the same time. Wow. Okay. So it brings out the more like romantic and also like jazz qualities to her music, which are kind of creeping in slowly, okay. which I find really fascinating, because she is kind of an old soul, yeah. You know, yeah. in many ways. Um, she sings softly, but she's not the first person to be a crooner, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it kind of, to me, it's not even so much singing softly. It sort of almost is, like, barely trying. It's, it's but purposeful, my... yeah. Yeah, purposeful, but, like, I can only listen to that for so long. Yeah, fair. Yeah. Mm. When will she do a, a death metal growl? Who knows? Like, mm. she could probably, possibly do it. Um, like she did the, the James Bond song. Yes. For No Time to Die. Yeah. This year and. Last year, really. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, pro- probably even the year before, really. Yeah. But, um, and like that was good. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. I really like that song, but, um, there's a moment in the documentary about, um, the making of a previous album where she records No Time to Die. And she's, you know, seeing the end climax, which is, like, quite loud. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, how, how do people belt? Like, <laughs> why do people enjoy this? Because she hates doing it, but she can. Right. Yeah. So do, so give me that, though. If you can do it. Yeah, there's show a title me, track. Show me that you can do it. Like, prove to me that you can do it instead of just, like... Well, yeah, there's the title whispering. track. And she also, she doesn't need to. Mm. She doesn't want to. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, but, like, I mean, one of your other picks, in my opinion, did the... Best Bond song ever. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. true. Madonna, Die Another Day. <laughs> hey, that is actually my that probably song rips. that's probably in, is in my like. I will do a Patreon episode one day where I rank them all. That cool. is probably my top five. Awesome. That is that is a I'm with it. Though. That is a guilty pleasure Bond song. <laughs> well, yeah. the fi- well, maybe sure it's the, just a pleasure Bond song. That, yeah, the film the film is guiltier. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And she and she had a cameo in that film. Yes. Anyway, of course. Anyway. She did. Samuel. Back to me. What uh, was number two? Number two was is the Tritonus Bell by Hooded Menace.
Finland's own Hooded Menace. Mm-hmm. Um, the second album, I believe, with the new with new new old singer. So he's the new singer, but he's like been the guitarist for the band for since the beginning. Yeah. So it's like swapped. Oh, yeah. They swapped singers sort of halfway through, and I think like the old singer is still the bassist. So it's like a weird kind of transition where. They're both still in the band, but I think the bassist was the singer, and he was like, I don't want to do this anymore, and so the guitarist was like, well, I can do it. Okay. And hmm. and has sort of not really lost any step. They're getting, with each album, they get more and more melodic as well. Yeah. yeah. In their, in their uh, like, rhythms and everything, like, it's, but it's still punishingly slow at times as well. And this was a, this was a year that was good for Death Doom. Yeah. There was a lot of uh, pretty decent Death Doom releases, and this is, like, Hooded Menace is a favourite of mine. Yeah. And um, they end with a, surprisingly, with a cover from what? 80s glam metal band, Wasp. Yeah. Would you call them glam? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So a Death Doom band doing a, a glam metal cover, but, like, fully, like, as a Death Doom song, mm. pretty much. Yeah, no, I uh, I adore this album. Mm-hmm. I would say I enjoyed it. I didn't maybe because I was like listening to it in like the grocery store. <laughs> um, but with, with good situation with good headphones and noise cancelling. But um, uh, I think I perceived it less as like a death doom thing and more just less like mid tempo kind of riffy album. Yeah, um, reminded me a little bit of like Entombed at times. Yeah, really Entombed, but maybe played like. A bit slower. Um, I had fun. Like, I didn't really connect to it, though. Maybe. Like, it was hard for me to think of it... Um, it was hard for me to think of it as anything deeper than, like, just a, a series of riffs rather yep. than songs, if that makes sense. Fair enough. But maybe just me. Yeah. Know. It was good, though. I You were like, oh, I'll quickly listen to this song and then I'll, then I'll go do something. And I'm like, okay, this song goes for eight minutes, though. So it's not going to be... It's not going to be quick. <laughs> Yeah, I must have, because I, for some reason, didn't click that that meant, but we'll listen to it anyway. And I was like, how fucking long has this song been going on for? But I think, like... That's your introduction to anything Doom-related. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's yeah. got length. I think, like, I can... I can fuck with this kind of stuff a bit more. Because, like, Doom is, like, slower-paced, yeah? Like... Slower yeah. with like fuzzy guitar tone, like Doom. Just the genre of Doom is like yeah, slow, he- like heavy drums and like fuzzy guitars. But it feels like it has a bit more of a groove to it to me. Yeah, for some reason, and that's where the melody comes in. Yeah, the, mo- the more melodic. And I think that's what I appreciate about this. Like this is the kind of metal that I can listen to and sort of. I can pick up on things about it. I, I guess, like, yeah, similar to what we were talking about before, but, like, this doesn't just tip me over into, like, stress territory. Like, yeah. this is the kind of music that I can engage with, I guess. Like, I reckon I'd find this, like, pretty good editing music, for example. Yeah. Could, um, you, could you get through the growls? Because I know that that's a sticking point with you in a lot of the Punk Ghost covers. Yes, because it's sort of, it's paired, 
like deliberately. Like it isn't just sort of there to be like dick swinging. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, it's not dipshit growls. It's no. Like, like it feels more intentional and considered. I guess. And like, I kind of look at it because they're very beginnings. They sung their first couple albums. Like their lyrical content was all about like sort of old horror movies and like old mm. monsters. Mm. So like the Wolfman and that kind of thing. Like yeah. It, but like giving it a, a scarier sense. It was kind of almost like I am becoming this monster. Yeah. Even when I you know incorporate these growls, other people are just dipshits. I guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, I appreciate that, like, there's plenty happening with it, but it's sort of, it's slowed enough for me to keep on top of it, as opposed to just, like, kick drums for, like, ten minutes and just, like, sorry, that probably just blew out the mics, but, like... (laughs) It did. (laughs) But it just, yeah, like, I can't explain it, but it's good. I should, I should put together, or we should put together some doom that you might get into. Just a short playlist, though. Yeah, but like, there's... So, like, one song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that, but that one song... Alright, so it's uh, Dope Smoker by Sleep. Yeah. Which is, which is 56 minutes. Oh, for fuck's yeah. sake. <laughs> but, See, that's the but bit that, I find insufferable. But if you... If you well, it's pretty much one album. True. It's yeah. pretty much one album, but the, the Sleep... No, not Sleep. Yeah, no, Sleep Dope Smoker album cover... Mm. Friends of the Pod, Doctor Colossus, yes. yeah. took on that album art and yep. and paid homage to that in there. Um, I am not going to go through the, in there. What did he? What did uh, Jono call it? The album. The album. The yes. album. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I yeah, my ears did prick up when you said sleep, but I couldn't remember the relationship. Yeah. Um, shout out to Dr. Colossus, by the way. They won a musical Yeah, they're recently. fucking killing oh, it. Yeah, they're hey doing now. so good. Yeah. But, ugh, oh, excellent. <laughs> cool. Um. So, yeah, that's uh, Hooded Menace. I don't know why whenever I say hooded, it always comes across a bit huh in my yeah. page. Yeah. I don't mean to. It just comes out like that. It's very funny. <laughs> uh, so, my number two album is... Flowers for Vases slash Descanso. I don't know. I think it's Descansos. Descansos. By the one and only Hayley Williams.
So I completely forgot that this came out this year because I sort of lumped it in with um, Pedals for Armour, which came out in 2020. Um, end of 2019, start of 2020? Like, sort of... I think on Spotify it was saying 2020. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, like, April, so, yeah. Far out. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, to me, like, I sort of... I'm not sure if this was intended, but, like, I mentally picture Pedals for Armour and Flowers for Vaza as, like, two sides of the same coin. Definitely, like, yeah. Pedals for Armour was very, sort of... There's lots of bravado happening. There's lots of, sort of... I am empowered and, like, fierce and angry and filled with rage yeah. and doing great, whereas Flowers for Vases is very vulnerable and low-key and very just tender and sort of taking more time to just sort of sit with the pain behind it, I guess. Yeah. Because, like, the project is pretty squarely focused, I'd say, on the dissolution of Haley's marriage to Chad from um, Newfound Glory yes from Newfound Glory um and yeah it's been really interesting just reading like interviews with Haley to coincide with the release of these two albums and just like the work that she's done on herself to sort of come out the other side mm. um and again I like that we get to see that glimpse behind the curtain to a very sort of vulnerable Haley because we're so used to seeing her as like the triumphant like front woman yeah. of Paramore. Yeah. Um but yeah, like it's very sort of soft, very acoustic driven music, but it's been really rewarding sort of seeing Haley in this role because it's kind of, to me, proving to the world like that she does have the chops to do stuff on her own, under her own name, yep. without needing to be under the name of Paramore, which has always been a sort of bone of contention totally. in terms of the band and how they, like, their internal dynamic and, like, all the drama that's happened over the years. Like, a lot of people are very quick to sort of say, oh, but, like, Hayley, like, she... Her parents were very good at sort of putting her on a contract and blah, blah, blah. Um, sort of not in industry plant, but like very sort of yeah. close to making that kind of an accusation. Whereas like she is an incredible musician. Yeah. Why well, asked you, I said, is this, is this like the lowest register she's ever sort of sung at? Because when I, yeah, sort when, of. when you said yeah. to me, well, I mean, I'm not really, I'm not a Paramore fan, so I haven't mm. gone through anything other than the hits. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, but, like, I I was expecting that kind of high Hayley Williams voice. Yeah. And you don't get that. It is it is a lower register. And, and um, like you said, that the last album was, was that sort of, like, um, not typical, but, like, that sort of standard Hayley yeah. Williams voice. And now this is this is a bit more closer to the chest. It is a bit, yeah. more, a bit more vulnerable. And, and I said, well, that just means that she's a fucking good singer. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, at the end of the day, it's, that's all it means. Isn't yeah. It? She's, she's great at what she does. And it does, like, I I could be wrong, but I got, like, a sort of... I almost got, like, a Fleetwood Mac feel yeah. from this album yeah. as well. Totally. You know? I, um, I actually prefer this to Petals Farmer. Like, I yeah. find... Well, firstly, you know, After Laughter, still the most relevant album of the year, oh, four years on. So good, um, yeah. For both good and bad reasons. Yep. We should all be... We should all have moved past that, but we haven't. No, no. <laughs> um, 
Petals Farm is like kind of a spiritual sequel to that, but like yeah, very, true. very elliptical. I find it quite hard to grab a hold of sometimes. Yeah. Um, it that feels to me like an album about finding stillness within movement, um, partly because yeah. it's so dancey, but also references like Radiohead a lot. Yep. Um, and uh, Flowers for Vases is more. It's an album that is very still in its yeah. arrangements, but also always very raw in a way that I'm not, I'm never able to like just sit with it as background music. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's always something a bit tense about it, which yeah. is Haley in a nutshell. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know, like it, I agree in terms, like, again, because I appreciate that lyricism, like, I do yeah. sit with this album and I do need to actively engage with it. Um, but yeah, I like that she sort of uses almost, like, negative space in, like, yes. her yeah. sort of down-tempo work to make you feel slightly uncomfortable. Like, you're not supposed to dance to this. Like, you're yeah. supposed to lean in and listen. And, like, as a mission statement in terms of how she's been and what's happened to her... Again, like, I just love this as her mark on the world, I guess, in 2021. And, like, I am here and this is what's been happening to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Especially, like, just the subject matter. Like, it does feel like there's very much that push to sort of come out on top of something like that. And be like, oh, but I'm fine. We're mm. fine. We're friends. It's all good. But, like... Yeah. It's not. Mm. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, there's a real power in owning that and being able to express like a range of emotions in a very quiet manner, I guess. Mm. After her divorce to the guy from the band about the sandworms. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Shai Hulud. I understood that <laughs> reference. Yes. Because he was also in the band Shai Hulud. This is true. Yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Good on her. It's a good album. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Richard. My number two is Adele's 30. I think that Adele's gotten better with each album. Like, she's made quite clear leaps to me. Um, it it feels like a lot of people kind of expected her to peak in 2011 with 21. Yeah. Just because it was such a big blockbuster and so hyped and just dominated music for, like, a year and a half. Mm. Um, it felt like she would never be able to outlive that. And 
her album after that, uh, 25, you know, Hello was like maybe an even bigger single than anything from prior. She did Skyfall, which Sam nodded to before. I did. And I will say my, my compliment to Adele is that I believe that's the best James Bond song. Oh, so good. Great song. Um, but yeah, then she went away for six years and, um, she also, yeah, got, got married to the father of her child and got divorced not long after, actually. Like, they'd been in that relationship for quite a while, but, um, the marriage was short. Um, and she, yeah, she ended the marriage of her own volition because she wasn't feeling right. Oh, wow. Um, she felt like she wasn't able to self-actualize for whatever reason. Um, mostly... Her, mostly like her own agency, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she emerged with this album, which is 12 songs. And um, I, th- I actually think that she has exceeded her potential, in my opinion. Like, she... If you listen to her past albums, like, now, um, you know, they are soulful, but they're very blunt. Like, yeah. she always would tackle emotions head on and sometimes with the subtlety of, like, a foghorn, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something she had... You know, a little bit in common with Taylor Swift sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if you compare her to, like, Swift's older material. Um, Taylor's, like, all about the songwriting and the lyrics, whereas Adele's most about the voice. Yeah. Like, she's not typically a great lyricist, because she doesn't have to be. She's very direct. Yeah. But I think this album, she's found a depth that just had never been there um, previously. Um, not just in the songwriting, but the arrangements, which is just gorgeous. Like all these Hollywood strings and, like, 70s soul references. Um, it's an album that it makes Heartbreak feel very indulgent to me, which is, um... She's not the first person to do it, but it's a very rare thing these days, and from someone who's such a commercial juggernaut. Mm. Like, she could have done whatever she wanted. She could have just, like, repeated 25 or 21, um... But I don't think she did. I think she pushed herself really, really hard yeah. with this album. Even if the first single Easy On Me sounds very familiar. Because, um, yeah, it's like Vintage Adele, but also it's a song about her apologizing to her son for going through a divorce, which is... Uh, I've, like, never heard a lyric like that. Yeah. So. Mm. Hmm. I have a very contentious relationship with Adele because... Mm. My parents love to listen to Adele on car rides and I hate sitting in the back of the car and listening <laughs> to Adele. And so I do bleh, I did go into this project with great trepidation. Um, I need to give it more time, I think, or like I need to give it another listen, like top to tail, to see how I feel about it because I definitely, like, to me, this is, like, the least Adele that Adele has ever sounded. I think that's why I like it, by comparison Mm. to the other albums. Because it just, it sounds, like, to me, this is, like, Adele is levelling with me, I suppose. As opposed to, like, I find it interesting, Richard, that you said this makes heartbreak sound indulgent. Whereas, Mm. to me, this is the least indulgent it's been. Different, different use of the word indulgent. Like, I think what you're thinking of is like wallowing in heartbreak. Yeah, true. Um, which is a song like someone like you. Whereas this to me is more like it's like drinking a really rich vintage red wine or something. Right. It's like fuck yeah, I'm gonna indulge in my heartbreak. Okay. And let, sit, you know, sit with it and 
maybe not enjoy it, but understand that this is the process I need to go through and, you know. Yeah. I would argue that Adele is overindulged in heartache throughout <laughs> That's her entire fair. career. Yeah. I, I like the moments about her son because it's, mm. yeah. it is that positive notion because if she never wrote a fucking other song about another fucking man in her entire <laughs> career, it would be fucking great. Like, you're 30 now. And you're a, you're a mum. Well, and she's like, older than 30. Well, whatever. Her, yeah. Those songs about, like, My Little Love, like, it's, it is a gorgeous little song about, mm. not little, but like, it's a, it's a gorgeous song about her son who is her little love. Yeah. And those are the moments that's like, this is what I want. This is the change that I want from Adele. And then it mm. comes back to, oh, but I'm fucking, like, sad about a guy. <laughs> or whatever. Like, I, this is, this is, this is what I'm getting from Adele. Like, I've not, like you, when when Twenty One came out, my mum was on it, and she listened to that album <laughs> to death. So I had kind of the same relationship to it. Like mom core with you, it is. She is, yeah, totally. It is. It's like it's like mums listen to Pink when they want to be picked up and yep. they want to have that like <laughs> they want to have a, a glass of bubbly and go for a bit of a dance. Yep, yeah. and then they listen to Adele <laughs> when they're uh, when you know when yeah. their son calls them up and says, "I'm going to." I'm going to become a magician. <laughs> when, when their son calls them up and says, I'm going to, I'm going to do a three-year creative writing course, Mum. Well, I'm we've always said that Adele's 25 is more like 52. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, I, to me, it's like I only see the surface level stuff and I'm... Sure. And so I'm like, okay. Like, it kind of makes sense for Olivia Rodrigo at 17 to be like, hey, this fucking heartbreak thing sucked. But for Adele in her 30s to still be... Harping on it, like give me more of the stuff about your son. Arguably, uh, getting divorced at thirty is much worse than your first heartbreak. <laughs> I think like it's still when a, you have it's, a kid. it's still a breakup song about a guy, though. I yeah. think what because like for me the angle has always been like Taylor and Adele both sing about heartbreak. Why the fuck does one of them get lampooned for it when the other has a past? Yeah, like what? Yeah, she's she's seen as this like warrior woman for yeah. singing about a guy who hurt her. Whereas I find it really interesting that this is arguably a breakup where she's had the most at stake. Yeah, yeah, and yet she's treating it very maturely by comparison yeah. to yeah. all the other stuff where it was like. You dated a guy and then you broke up with him and then you write Rolling in the Deep, which is just a fucking, like... Yeah. That is just a sniper attack. Like, yeah, it's so yeah. brutal. Whereas, I like that this is more considered. Like, this to me is not so much, like, gut-wrenching, like... Mm. Bleeding out on the kitchen floor kind of singing so much as more of a mature look on like this didn't work and it fucking sucks but I've mm. got my son and I'm actually very blessed and like yeah. this really yeah. hurts but I'm going to sit with that and process it as opposed to yeah going ham on the other person I suppose I mean I have an observation about the Taylor Swift thing yes yeah and tell me to go fuck myself if I'm wrong <laughs> but like because she came from Tennessee well Nashville she I she know came she came from the Nashville scene yeah sure but like, which is a very Bible Belt sort of scene. She comes from America. They're very conservative and that sort of thing. Like, I think Taylor gets sort of maybe lambasted because there's a couple of guys that might be. Yeah, and so true. like, so they might see her as, I'm not going to say the word, but like yeah. someone who's had a, a few different relationships. Whereas like now she's 
you know, being with the same guy for like five years, yeah. however long. Whereas it always felt like Adele had that one person, that one person who fucked her over. And so like, well, we, we never really knew who 21 was about. Yeah. Mm. At least not in the pub, public eye. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. I, that just could be. You're not wrong. That is, that is definitely how one factor in how people perceive Taylor. Well, I think like the specificity of Taylor's work. That's true as well. Doesn't serve her well in this argument because people are like, oh, like she's so catty about it. Like it did she, invite it. Yeah, which, not deserve it, but invite and that's it. the thing. Yeah. It's like for better or for worse, it did invite that kind of criticism. Whereas for some, like Adele managed to get away with it because hers was sort of more. Broad spectrum, sort of girl yeah. boss kind of heartbreak. Yeah, I suppose. I think as well. Like compare the two, Adele seems way more human than Taylor Swift has ever felt. Like in my from my perspective, really? Yeah, Adele feels like an actual person. Like you listen to her talk, she sounds like someone like I could sit down and and have a drink with you or like eat some fish and chips with you. Whereas Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Swift has always kind of come across as robotic to me. Even she's in like, a bit stage managed. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Whereas, so it's like, I don't know. Like one feels like a person, one feels like a program. But to me, in terms of songwriting, Taylor's always felt like more of a person than Adele. Yeah, yeah like I she's. I, I think yeah. she's a better songwriter, but I just feel but like the personality-wise, she just doesn't feel like a person. But that, to me, like in terms of like media personality, sure. Mm. But in terms of artistic personality. I get a lot more from Taylor than I do from Adele. Yeah. And I, I suppose yeah. that leaves her open to critique. Yeah. I generally agree. I think that certainly by um, this year, both of them well, well and truly um, outgrown any image of them like just being breakup singers. Yeah. Like even on 30, like the songs that are more pure breakup songs have a bit more like humor and joy to them. Yeah. Um, including in the arrangements. Um, and like even the penultimate song to be loved, which is like this giant, like almost career ending ballad. Um, it's not about anyone else. Yep. I think it's just about how she wants to be remembered. So Aww. hopefully it is for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that seems like a nice way to leave it. I mm. do like that. She has a song. Is it, I like wine. Oh, I drink wine. <laughs> I drink wine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's pretty good. I like that. Yeah. She, she knows who she is. Totally. That's the kind of person that I imagine that she's. Is she just like, she drinks like a, you know, yeah. big glass of red after a hard day, true, and eats shepherd's pie. Like her, um, and her, like, I want to sit on the couch with that person. Yeah, her UK TV special is so good because it's like every single famous person in the UK is just in the audience. Yeah, that you can imagine, and Adele's you know doing her thing and singing and being glamorous. Um, but in between songs, she's just cackling in her usual voice yeah. and like not putting it on at all. It's so funny. That's cute. Like I've always just, I've always just found it funny. Like she has a laugh like yeah. Rick Layer, but has a yeah. voice of an angel. Yeah. True. Yeah. Like a singing voice of an angel. Mm. That's the appeal. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Richard. That was my number two. So oh yeah. Cause Adele, cause Adele wasn't yours. I know. <laughs> oh my goodness. So, oh, oh this last ones. Yeah. Last Good. round, and we're still friends. We are. So, last round for me is Celestial Blues by King Woman. Yeah. 
Um, another Doomy album, yeah, but without the death, yeah. So like they've kind of been labelled as sort of shoegaze because her other pro that her being the lead singer of King Woman, she has a shoegaze project. Ah. Oh, cool. She, she, is shoegaze the word? Yeah, yeah, shoegaze. Yeah. Um. Yeah, this was this. I listened to this in the dark the other day when you were away. Sick. And I expected the devil to be there when I opened my eyes and was disappointed when he wasn't. <laughs> okay. Sure. I, I don't I, understand what it is about the devil that you welcome and then literally any other spooky being is not okay with you. I don't feel like the devil's got my back. Sure. Sure. Okay. Anything else? <laughs> no, I just, um, like, I don't know. I, I like the sort of, it, it kind of has like a feminization of the idea of the devil and like yeah. the, yeah. like the themes of like the fall of Lucifer and all that sort of stuff. And it's, um, I, I don't know why I kind of, I can get through her sort of like, wistful singing style but yet I kind of and like and I and I can forever listen to that but I want Billie Eilish to ramp it up a notch I don't know why I yeah. why I want one and not the other um, or why I'm fine with one and not the other but like I don't know I feel like this just when it comes in heavy and she's sort of singing at a low register like it's a really good juxtaposition yeah. between the two and then when she does when she has those moments where she's like punching you in the stomach, like it's, you know, it's well-deserved. Yeah. Yeah. I've not heard a vocal style quite like this in a metal band. Mm. And actually it makes sense to me now that she has other projects because there, there almost is a little bit of like a performance art yeah. note yeah. to it and the way she does it. Um, it Her vocal style almost feels like a bit like, apathetic or, like, languid to me. Yeah. You know, it's not, like, the logical voice you might put on those riffs. Yeah. But in that sense, it's really cool. Like, literally cool. It's, like, cool and a bit detached. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really like this album. I actually just bumped it up half a star and uh, wrote new music. Hey. So now it's sitting on a four. Wonderful. Um, if you watch their film clips for this as well, they are very, cool. they are very sort of stagey as yeah. well. It reminded me of, like, the Deftones sometimes. Like, it doesn't really sound like them, but... They're like a metal band who's committed to atmosphere. Yeah. I guess. And they have a bit of a dry guitar tone, so it doesn't like fill the entire spectrum like a shoegaze band might, or like a black metal band might, but still really cool. So yeah, it's like very, very transporting album. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Because we listened to this yesterday while trying to hang up frames. Yes. So that was was a very stressful situation that ultimately was fruitless, so... I, <laughs> despite wrongfully equating this album with lots of stress and being very sweaty for some reason, um, I really enjoy this. Like, I again, I want to sit with this one and just sort of engage with it a bit more. I think, like, the fantasy element of it loses me a bit just because I've never really engaged Depends with Depends who you're asking because it's very biblical. <laughs> well, yeah. That, uh-huh. Spoken like a true atheist. Dun, 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 dun. Um, but like that part of it, I can't quite get behind like that sort of talking about Lucifer and all that kind of stuff. 
Like, I find it cool, but it sort of loses me a bit because I'm used to listening to stuff that is very, like, human experience-centred, mm. I suppose. Sure. Um, but it's just... It's fucking cool. Like, it's a very... Like, even just King Woman, like, the name alone, it's, like, it's just a very powerful sort of yeah. setup, and it delivers, I guess. Um, and I'm keen to check out the shoegaze yeah. stuff. Mm. Because... It might just be under her name, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, having dated a dude who was, like, super into shoegaze, and it just pissed me off by default. Like, <laughs> I'd like to recontextualise it, because it is sort of like the older brother of emo, I guess. Um... And, yeah, just that very sort of immersive music. It's something that I tend to not delve into too much, but I also think it would be very soothing in a way. It is, yeah. It's, 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 also, it's like music as an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, to me, all slash most music is, but I'm used to very sort of percussive music. Most, yeah. like, just something that sort of has a... I don't know, very structured, very sort of, I know where it's going. I have a rough idea of where I'm going to land by the end of it. Mm, Yeah. Which in itself is comforting, but I do like the idea of just sort of drowning in sound for a little bit. So her other, her shoegaze outfit is called Miserable. Oh, sick. Okay. It sounds on brand. I love it. Yeah. But no, I very much enjoyed this. Well, I'm glad. I don't know why it came out like that. I'm glad. I'm glad. Any other thoughts on it? This is your last one to speak on before we hand over to me. No, I'm just I'm just happy that everyone is happy. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I just think they're neat. Yeah. Um before I'm not happy. <laughs> oh, bully. <laughs> so number one for me, so compared to Hamilton last year, this year I was the most annoying person on earth and listened to slash watched inside way too many times. There it is again, that funny feeling, that funny feeling. There it is again, that funny feeling, that funny feeling. Surgeon General's pop-up shop Robert Iger's face Discount Etsy agit prop Bugles take on race Female Colonel Sanders Easy answer, civil war The whole world at your fingertips The ocean at your door the live action Lion King, the Pepsi halftime show. 20,000 years of this, seven more to go. So, Bo Burnham's Inside, which began as a Netflix special, um, having not been familiar with Bo's work before we watched it for the first time. I was like, oh yeah, this looks pretty funny. Like, it's going to be a... Yeah, I was expecting a full comedy. Going to be a jape about being inside during the pandemic. And how weird is it all? And then it just... It turns. And it just gets darker and darker. And then by the end of it, you're kind of like, oh shit, I'm very depressed I think now. I started in a good mood. Started you did. Started off in a good and... mood, start watching it, and then... 
Yeah, and then I looked end. over, I was like, are you alright? You're like, I'm just not feeling very good. I was like, ah, sorry. And I think you were like, the next night, you're like, I want to watch Inside again. And you were like, well, you can do that by yourself. And so I did. Um, so... <sighs> I will admit, when you... There was a day when I came home from work, and you were <laughs> you were very excited, because it got added to Spotify, and I was like... Oh, no. Mm. Oh, like, it was... It was at one point relegated to the living room <laughs> on the television. Now she can take it into the study with her, with yep. the speakers. Um. <laughs> I I go back and forth on Bo Burnham because I feel like in parts he's really... Like, my perspective of him, he's, he's corny as fuck. Oh, yeah. He's real corny. Absolutely but then, But then, like... He was really good in Promising Young Woman. Yeah. And what was the movie that we watched? Eight, the... Eighth Grade? Yeah. That movie's really good. It's in a touching, real... yeah. It's yeah. a real kind of like, but like a real sort of honest look at being a teenager. Yeah. So the movie that he directed, like it's, it was a really, like I was, I was, because we also watched a movie, was it this year? Yeah, it was, the one about like starting a magazine and it was. Oh, fuck, that was bad. So bad. I can't remember what it was called. Oh. Um, and it was like her mum was played by Amy Poehler, and it she was so bad. she learned because Amy Poehler was like a rebel, and mm. liked Bikini Kill, and yeah, and it was real bad until it turned out that Patrick Schwarzenegger's character raped a girl, and it was like, that's oh, well, that's really out of place now in this lighthearted mm. teen comedy. But like eighth grade was a real, just sort of like it was touching when it needed to be, but it also was really brutally honest when it also needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's like no pretenses to it. Like no. you look at it's actually not that different from a film like The Edge of Seventeen with yes. Haley Steinfeld. Which is also a very lovely film. Yeah, that's Did much more polished that, yeah. haven't we? Yeah. That's much more polished. Yeah. Compared definitely. to eighth grade. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But um oh like I fully agree. Like Bo Burnham is corny as fuck. Like when Phoebe Bridges released her cover of that funny feeling, like one of the main tweets that I saw about it was like, great news for annoying people. It's just like, yeah, pretty much. Like, I fully own, like, the annoying part of me that engages with Bo Burnham to this degree. Like, I've always thought there's, like, quite a large crossover in the Venn diagram between, like, kids who listen to emo music and, like, theatre kids or, like, kids that enjoy Broadway. Like, you have to have, like, some level of shamelessness to enjoy this kind of overwrought. And also because, like, the other kids didn't want to hang out with them yeah but they had enough friends that they and you become more and more insufferable and then you write fucking hamilton or something like that like it makes sense to me and that's like i fully advertise like i am that person i i mean i'll say that by the end of my one and only purposeful inside watch yes um like i wasn't feeling depressed because i hated it i was feeling depressed because it was it was telling me everything that was going on and that sure. I was feeling and, and yeah and I was just like I don't know I was bummed out by the end of it because it was like oh yeah we are inside and yeah everything else it's um and like I think musically it's good but mm. um yeah it was yeah but like <laughs> that's all I'll say that's fine but I think again like obviously the optics on it are always going to be dependent on who you are as the listener like I think and I promise I'll ask you what you thought of it Richard like oh I'm waiting (laughs) like 
you have to be, I don't know, probably white or just very, like, privileged or, like, in a ve- like in a first world country or you have to be, like, a very specific set of circumstances to engage with this the way that you do or the way that I do because, like, for us being inside during a pandemic is completely different to, like, I don't know, if we were in, like, Cambodia or something during yeah. the pandemic. Like... Mm. All things considered, like, our pandemic experience has been very sheltered and very lucky just by virtue of where we were born and who we are. Yeah. I do think a lot of people ran with the idea of, like, oh, like, how dare he be sad about this? Like, he lives in a million-dollar house and, like, fuck you. Like, this had a very similar reception to Nanette by Hannah Gadsby in the idea of, like, how dare they try and subvert comedy and talk about their feelings because they're just crying all the way to the bank. Like... Mm. I think that's a very disingenuous argument because obviously there is going to be some sort of artifice in this because, like, as soon as that camera's on, he is performing to a camera, whether you like it or not. There's always going to be some staged element to it because just by virtue of it being a Netflix special, for fuck's sake. Like, the people that complain about that sort of stuff would also... Who was the guy that fucking wrestled? The comedian that wrestled? Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. They're, yeah. they're the same people that would also call Andy Kaufman a genius. Yeah. For the, the ways that he subverted comedy. And that's the thing is, like, I just, I find this very clever because it gets you on side at first with just like, oh, things are a bit weird. And then it just takes you on this journey that, yeah, because it is so relatable for me. Like, it was quite painful, but also quite cathartic. Like, knowing, like, mm. oh, good, like. Someone else is terrified about being alive just the same way that I am. Yeah. Like, and yeah, the song that I've asked you to put in here, Sam, like that funny feeling, it just hit me like a ton of bricks and it still does because, yeah, like it's a very beautifully done, like, enunciation of like, things are really fucked and I don't know what to do and it makes me feel really funny at times and it makes Mm. me feel a bit sick and... I am just one person who can't affect much change, and so I just kind of have to watch everything, like, burn down in front of me because I don't know what else to do. Mm, Like, mm. it's a very profound statement, and by that same token, it also just captures that helplessness because, yeah, it sort of states that common ground that we all have, but, like, there's no call to action because what the fuck are we meant to do? Yeah. Except just sort of go, yeah, same, and then carry on with our day and hope for the best. I think, and this will be my last thing that I'll say, in the same vein as Hamilton, though, if these bits of music and and media and entertainment is something that you can hold on to and go, this is helping me just a little bit get me through this, then I can't really be mad at it. I can groan when you put it on. (laughs) I can go, no, in the same way that... You do when I put the wrestling on. Yes. Like, but in reality, like, if it's, if it, it not, well, I mean, inside doesn't make you forget about the pandemic, but if, like, Hamilton can make you forget for, like, an hour or two. Yeah. Then I, I can't really fault it. Wow. But Richard. Yeah. I just watched it before I got here for yes. the first time. So in a very different headspace to, um, you know, the worst part of lockdown yeah, that was poor timing on my part. I was like, oh, this looks relatable. Oh, good timing on his behalf. Yeah, mm, anyway. <laughs> yeah incredibly good timing. Um, there are definitely things I enjoyed, songs I enjoyed. That funny feeling is like the folk song, right? Yeah. 
yeah, I thought that was my favourite. And I liked um, probably the last 20 minutes more than anything. Yeah. Overall, though, it did not work for me. Yeah. I think I am also in that camp that can't... It, I understand that it is a commentary on Artifice through Artifice. Yeah. But for me, I was not able to transcend that. Yeah. And partly because, like, he does really cool staging a lot of thing, of a lot of things. Like, it's entirely self-directed, edited, and shot by him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But I have a hard time, like, squaring it, like, what we're seeing on screen as, like, his experience through the pandemic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, other people have said this as well. Like, part of it is that he's, he's shooting in a very small room, and he's using that room very well. But it makes me want... It's not that, like, it's dishonest, but it makes me wonder what's going on in the margins more so. Like, what's happening in the rest of his house? Yeah. Where's his partner? Um, and, like, how deliberately has he made this room messy? Things like that. Yeah. And that's yeah. fine. That's part of performance. But it left me sort of wondering more than, like, buying in. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, for me, that it reminds me a bit of, like, the work of ContraPoints, actually. Oh, who, yeah. For me, she does. She's not entirely in like a different ballpark with some of the stuff she's trying to embody. Like she does a lot of video essays, um, while dressed up, you know, very glamorous. Yeah. Some but, of the set design, the contrapoints, yeah, in, in stalls as well is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And um, a lot of her video essays seem fundamentally like very lonely. Yeah. Which yeah. Partly, partly because a lot of them were made during the pandemic, and partly because. She doesn't seem like she goes out that much. <laughs> yeah. Whether, I don't know if that's her personality or like, whatever, but, um, for me, that is a bit more my speed. Maybe because like, she, she's very critical of herself when mm-hmm. she's wrong in a way that doesn't feel like super performative to me. Whereas yeah. Bo Burnham, like, inside starts with the premise, like, ha ha ha, I'm a comedian and ha ha, what am I going to do? Um, can <laughs> yeah. I make art? Um, he doesn't seem to question that. And I understand that because of course he's going to make inside, yeah. you know, and that, that is how he creates art. But for some reason, yeah, I don't know. Like part of that didn't square with me, at least until like the, the end. I like the end. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because it embraces the uncanniness of it more. I think, you know? yeah, that's the thing. Like by the end of it, like the literal sort of final or like penultimate scene, like where it's like, like, well, well, look who's inside again. And he's like yeah. butt naked in the spotlight. Like, yeah. that's as exposed and as vulnerable as you can be, but it's just staged. Like, it's, yes, totally. Um, it's theater. More yeah, than comedy. I absolutely. Don't, I don't, I also don't think that comedy has to be like, ha ha funny. All the no, time. I think that's God, a very, no. very myopic view. Very much opinion. so. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. I think like, it makes more sense to me, the performative element of it. When you go back and do his back catalog, which, I sure. did because I yeah. think he's extremely hot and I love his voice. But, mm. like, I don't know. Like, I think for me, because I'm a person who lives in my head a lot, which I know we all do, but, mm. like, I'm very just internal a lot of the time. Like the Same, same. Yeah, yeah. To me, it didn't really matter what was happening outside because I think... I don't know, like, I've had the privilege of working through the pandemic, and so a lot of that involves, I don't know, you sort of, you have to brush your hair and, like, jump on teams and be like, yep, all's good, like, let's keep going and publishing reports and things, and then you switch off your camera and then you go and just sort of crawl into bed and sleep for, like, 16 hours kind of thing. I think 
I don't know. I think people, like, not you, obviously, Richard, but, like, I think a lot of people who were sort of poo-pooing the artifice of it, they weren't sort of... I don't know. They weren't leaving enough space for, like, inside, and that room didn't have to be a literal representation of being in the one spot for two years, kind of Yeah, it wasn't by the end, anyway. Yeah, and that's the thing. I do like by the end of it, it's very... Like, yeah, that uncanny sort of feel to it and sort of everything's all fucked. Um, But, yeah, I think... I don't know. Like, there's... The same way that, like, all the bloody, like, overwrought, like, emo bands and stuff that I used to listen to, like, putting pen to paper, you're always going to filter out some things because this rhymes better than this, this sounds better than this. Oh, totally, yeah. I imagine the same thing happens in a visual context, like, ah, so things are a bit, I don't know, um, untethered at the moment, I'm feeling pretty uneasy, I probably should, like, skew this mic stand just so and like tip this thing over and make mm. it look a bit more messy to match how I feel internally. Like, yeah, I think people were quick to just sort of lump it in with Nanette and be like, Oh, but this isn't what comedy's supposed to be. How dare you? And a lot of sort of bad faith arguments got pulled into that. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. But in saying that, like, yeah, I think you have to be a very specific kind of person to have been on board from the first minute of Sure, it. yeah. Um, like, stuff like white woman's Instagram, like, does nothing for me. And that, like, as a white woman who has Instagram, it's just yeah. like, whoops, but then that bridge where he sort of humanises the woman yeah. and then immediately goes back to, like, putting us on blast for being, like, basic as fuck. Like... Mm. That was very funny because, like, I did have to take time off Instagram because I was like, I'm sick of seeing everyone's highlight reel. Oh, yeah. Totally. I mean, everything is so completely cooked. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think the greatest gift I got this year was when Phoebe did cover yeah, yeah. that funny feeling because, mm. again, like, Phoebe just Phoebe-fied it and added mm. lots of sort of, like, I don't know, just media clips and, like, sort of news outlet type sort of commentary in the background and, like, weird sort of spatial noises and stuff and made it even more sort of dystopian, I guess. Um, But, yeah, to me, that's just been, like, such a beautiful summary of 2021 in particular. And that is why I love Bo Burnham. Yeah, and I think some of the songs do... Uh, transcend the context as well. Yeah. They're definitely songs that you can listen to outside yeah. of them. Yeah. But again, mm. it's like, it's very much an annoying theatre kid album. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, yeah, it is basically just like my Hamilton for 21. Like, mm. just even the opening, like, dun, 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 like, it's deeply annoying if you're not fully engaged in it. Mm. And I do apologise for that. I am looking forward to what next year's yeah. I'm not, Hamilton because hopefully inside. I won't be fucking inside having to watch yeah. something and glom onto it like are an you, idiot. Are you... T- oh, no, what it will probably be... Mm. It'll probably be Hamilton again, because you're going to see Hamilton. Well, not yet, but I need to buy tickets. Yeah, you'll again. Be- I don't... Again? <laughs> you'll, probably, you'll probably go see... You hopefully telling- My Chemical Romance will release something and stop being cowards. And <laughs> see, if they released something and you listened to that as much as you listened to Hamilton and Inside, like, 
I'd be down with that. That'd be fine. Again, I think this is a very interesting dynamic because, like, you didn't have to watch me when I listened to Blink-182's California on repeat at work in 2016. Why did you have to listen to it on repeat? Well, I didn't, but my brain told me I did, so I did. Like, I was working on a project with my friend Susie, and every time she came over to check in on it, she was like, what are you listening to? Blink. Ah, sick. Walked away. It's an interesting (laughs) album to have to... To have to repeatedly listen yeah. to it as well. <laughs> it, was, it was great, but this is how my brain... Like, you know, like, you've seen... Prior to the pandemic, you got to witness, like, just the same song on repeat in the shower. That's just, like, a smaller version of what I do day to day. I mean, I'm not convinced that even if we weren't in a pandemic, you wouldn't have watched Hamilton and you wouldn't have listened to it every day on Instagram, that's, that, on Spotify. <laughs> that's true, actually. You know. But I guess we'll never know because no. this is how life has turned out. Yes. <laughs> Next is Hamilton Inside. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Hamilton basically is like the 1776 yeah. Inside because it's all one room. Ha. Lynn Manuel Baranda. <laughs> Good lord. Those. <laughs> Have you seen either Tick Tick Boom or In the Heights? I want to watch both of them desperately. Yeah, kind of same, yeah. And I have the means to, so. We should do that on January 1st, just to ruin Sam's <laughs> Oh, I won't be there. <laughs> I, just, I just will flat out refuse. We still need to watch Cats. I'll watch Cats. <sighs> even though... Oh, boy. Oh, though, even though Cats does have James Corden in it. This is true. Aye, aye, aye. Ah. I think we can all agree that he is insufferable. Yep. But anyway, He is the Lin-Manuel Miranda of late night talk shows. Hey. Hey. Uh, Lin-Manuel's more talented than that. Come Absolutely. on. Oh, he's more talented. He's kind of annoying, though, but... Sure. All right. (laughs) My number one last word is Sinner Get Ready by Lingua Ignota. Kristen Hater. She it uh, Lingua Ignota is her project. Um it is still a project and in the past it's dabbled more with like industrial and like noise and stuff. Oh, wow. But she's always been like a singer-songwriter in that context. Um often um making music about um her experiences as an abuse survivor. Wow. Um sometimes in an academic lens too. Like I forget what her like uh graduate project was, but it was something like really cool mm-hmm. um and so uh at the start of 2021 she moved to pennsylvania for various reasons but that ended up inspiring this album which is um like a very uh a, a much less like ferocious version 
of her previous more metallic work. Mm -hmm. This one is rooted in things like liturgical hymns, like old Appalachian folk and pianos and things like that for, I guess, the first time. And um, this is, yeah, it was a very, very intense listen for me. It remains that way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, yeah, we're... Where do we even start? Like, the first song is, like, nine minutes. Um, her doing, like, theatrical, like, choral vocals. But then halfway through, someone just starts, like, banging a piano. Yeah. Like, maximum loudness. <laughs> I, I had my headphones in. Yeah. Listening to it by myself and, and freaked the shit out of me. Yeah. And the second song is just her um, kind of talk singing over a lone organ. Um, not asking, but demanding that God... You know, split her abuser open with his golden scythe. Sick. Um, but there are other songs like Pennsylvania Furnace, which was the first single. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this piano ballad about... Um, it's inspired by this old Pennsylvania folktale of a man who... Um, he, I believe, ran a mine or a furnace or something. And um, one day he was furious with his dog. So he had his workers throw the dog, the loyal dog, into mm-hmm. the furnace. And then... That happened, the dog died, and then he was um, haunted by the ghosts of these dogs until finally one day he like ran into the furnace and killed himself um, rather than being haunted by it. And so it's this album with all these like uh, religious and spiritual references, but ultimately it's trying to like grapple with the idea of morality and suffering and even healing like within a more human context. It's like, how do we... Um, yeah, how do we live in a world where supposedly God allows suffering? Mm. Yeah. Um, and I guess it's by, like, finding a kind of beauty within it. Um, yeah, I just put on this album and I sweat and, um, light candles and... Yeah. Um, it's meditative, but in a loud way, which I like. Yeah. Yeah. I, this was, out of your picks, this was my favourite. Mm. Um, I probably should have listened to this last, and that would have been my palate cleanse. Ah, yeah. So kind of like, by the end of Adele and Billie Eilish, which I listened back to back, yeah. my skin was crawling. <laughs> um, whereas this I could like, I could listen to over and over again. Yeah. And this kind of... Ironic me- being the harshest album of the three. Yeah, like, that's my that's yeah. my taste. But like, to me, this almost kind of, this almost kind of felt like the sister album to Celestial Blues. Yeah, totally. Sort of like... Yeah. Definitely. You know... In that kind of vein, and like they, they both, they both do incorporate biblical themes in their, yeah, in yeah. their lyrical content and everything, and just how she does, she turns everything on its ear and mm. fucks around with everything. It's, it's really good, and she has that. I mean, I, I described it to you as operatic. I don't know if operatic is the right, right way to describe her voice, but just a little bit, a little bit. It's not true operatic. It's no. like channeling a bit of that. Energy. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was, this was the one that you picked that I was like, all right, cool. I'm keen to listen to this. Mm. And I was, um, yeah, I was very, I was very sort of felt very cathartic to get through it. Yeah. Um, not like, not like it was a challenge, but it was like, I felt like I had gotten through some heavy shit by the end of it. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's either, I found for people it's either cathartic or like so terrifying that like they can't get through the first track. Mm. <laughs> I fear that I fall into the second camp, but mm. I don't want to. Like, 
This feels like one of those albums that I want to get into, but I do find it very difficult. Like, it's mm. not... And again, probably because I don't really have the framework to dive in and sort of contextualise what I'm listening to. Like, it's not the most welcoming album if you're not on board in theory, mm, yeah. I suppose. Um and it does feel like I have to work for it, which I find quite tough because I'm used to listening to very formulaic music, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think like I want to give it some, again, like I want to sit with it and give it some more time because just the overarching message of it is something that I would really enjoy. I, mm. I know. Um, yeah. I must admit, like I was listening to... Oh, it's like I Shall Bend or I Bend something, something. And it's I Who Bend the Tall Grasses. Yes. Yeah. And like based on title alone, I was like sick, but it was just so dense. Yeah. That by the end of it, I was like, Jesus Christ, I need to skip the last 30 seconds just because mm. it's so full on. Yeah. But I do want to put in that work to get the same thing out of it that you guys do because, mm. yeah, I don't know. I think the pop version of this is something like... Maybe, like, 90s Tori Amos or, right. like, PJ Harvey yeah. or something. Like, there certainly are precedents for it that are a bit more structured and a bit more melodic. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I think that's interesting because I never quite got into Tori Amos or mm. PJ Harvey. But, yeah, I do want to sort of engage with more difficult texts just mm. as a thought experiment, mostly, because... I do tend to gravitate towards things that are digestible and easy, just as a comfort thing. But we really should recommend, like, put together a doom list, and you have to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, my brain is not letting me do much of anything at the moment, but, like, I would mm. love to do that. So. Ten songs. So it'll be a solid... Eight and a half hours. hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a shift at work, so that's good, I guess. If, if, I mean, if, if we put Mirror Reaper on there, it would yeah. be an hour and 80 minutes. Don't an hour and 20 minutes. Fucking I mean. dare. I actually do already have a playlist for this purpose, although it's not Doom Metal. Yeah. Um, I'll send it to you later. Yeah. Please. Um, I would appreciate that. But yeah, th this is my, yeah, like probably two minutes in, I was like, this is album of the year. Nice. Album of the decade. Um, in contention for album of the millennium. I still so remember far. that this decade's only been a year old, so. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, it's this in folklore, to be fair. True. Um, yes. content, yeah, in contention for album of the millennium with, uh, Saint Anger, which is certainly thematically <laughs> relevant, and a few other, a it's, few other things. It's pronounced, pronounced Stanger. Yes. <laughs> there is a woman called Patty Stanger who comes up in search results. Yes. Strangest Stanger. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Well. Do you legitimately think St. Anger is the album of the millennium? It's up there. Really? I mean, you can read my 8,000 uh, no, word piece on redbull.com if you want to. I was going to say Astro Lounge, but that was pre-millennium, wasn't it? Yeah, I've made a lot less Smash Mouth jokes this year. I know, but we're, we're growing. We're, mm. We are flourishing as individuals, mm. and that means leaving Smash Mouth behind. Pretty much. Like Steve Harwell himself. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that has been... This has been... 
No, I won't do the end just no, yet. No, no. It feels too soon, but... I mean, this has been going for nearly an hour and 40, so... Huh? What are our New Year's resolutions? Oh, fuck. Just to, one. To make you laugh more. Ah, That feels... Because I make myself laugh enough. Yeah. That... I don't know. That feels very self-serving for me, though. I don't care. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. What thing you? What's your resolution? I want to get more in touch with my physical being as okay. a person. Okay, that's nice. That's nice. Any plans for that specifically? Yoga or? I think it will end up being something like yoga because yeah, mindfulness yeah. just does not fucking cut it for me. Yeah. Okay. But I'm just sick of feeling like a head in a like a brain in a jar. Mm. I need to tap into everything that's happening below the neck. So. Big things ahead for me. Yay. And that will also involve calling people out when they complain about how fat they are. And I can just go, yeah. please shush. But mm. that's mine. What about you? Mm. Um, I think I already started my New Year's resolution. So, I should... Weapon, weapon uh, progress. I should buy some more clothes. Yay. I should uh, finish writing my screenplay. Amazing. Well, both of them. I think that'll be achievable. I can be a taskmaster if you need it. Yeah. I mean, I have my... I don't know if I'll be taken seriously, but... I have my draft of it here. Huzzah. I am handwriting it. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot you doing that. Yeah. Uh, cool. I, I found out some some strange real-life information that I'll tell you after this. Ooh. Yeah. Cool. Well, we we did it. We are... What? Like... A bit over 24 hours away from being done with this hell We are uh, yeah. about 28 hours cool. away. Yeah. I, and it all just it all just ends after 2022. It'll all be fine. Oh, I thought you meant like it all just no, ends no. as of... And I was like, honestly, I wouldn't mind if I didn't know ahead of time. No. But um, happy new year. Thank you for listening. This has been 2021. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Bye.